Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. This is the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon, and I am joined this week by Dave Somerville. How are you doing, Dave? Well, I'll be back, buddy. Just, you know, happy that the season is almost there, but looking at the Rams preseason, I'm not so happy it's nearly here now. <laughs> and we're also uh, joined once again by Andrew McCaskill. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, pal. Yeah, not too bad at all. Um, Dolphins pieces aren't going fantastically either, but maybe a bit better than the Rams. So there is that. Maybe. I mean, you know, uh, what's, what's the Rams' record in preseason, Dave? Uh, well, last I checked, it was like 0 and 2. 0 and 2. Um, yeah, but see, yeah. that's it. The Broncos are 0 and 2. I'm not worried. It's preseason. Let's we beat the Texans. All all I know is that currently the Los Angeles and Miami hospitals are quite full of football players right now, uh, and one team can afford to be uh, to put their players in the hospital more than the other. So um, yeah, that this is this is going to be a long year, buddy. This is going to be a really long year for me. And yeah, there's there's been a lot of injuries. A lot of injuries mm-hmm. already. Right, we're going to be. We've just, we just we discussed this last year as well. Yes, we did. We did. We did. Um, and we're going to be revisiting some injuries again. Um, on my own part, I I couldn't believe it. On on Sunday there, the Denver Broncos were playing against the San Francisco 49ers. and on the last play of the first half, um, Broncos number four receiver. Jalen Virgil, who's basically been promoted to number three receiver, um, he went down and he's now out for the season with a torn meniscus. So they already lost Tim Patrick for the year with a, a torn Achilles. Uh, KG Hamler's out with pericarditis. And now we've lost Jalen Virgil <laughs> with a torn meniscus. I think they need to wrap Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton in cotton wool for the final of pieces, just don't let these guys play. But it, uh, on the other hand of that, it was great to see Javante Williams back for the Broncos. I'm shocked that he was playing and uh, looks in good form. But the Rams, Dave, what's going on with your Rams? Let's talk about them for a second. Some of the injuries that's going on. Well, I mean, even Cooper Cup went down preseason. So that, I mean, if that's a uh, kind of sign of things to come, then, you know, I don't know what it is. We've already, we've lost um, Cooper Cup for a couple of weeks. Uh, Stafford's not featuring, which you know we're not bothered about uh, because we know what he's capable of. And again, probably wrapping him in cotton wool quite a lot. But the emergence of Stetson Bennett is still the best name in the NFL. And <laughs> even though he came into the draft age 25, um, he's still looking like he's a solid backup at least. You know, and he, he I would... I would be very cautious to say a future number one, a QB one, um, because if he's not already kind of at that level by age 25, I'm worried that he's not going to reach that level, but he's still a very competent quarterback. And well, yeah, but that, I mean, that's a positive thing. He's only just come into the league. you know. He it, has. It's not like he's 25 with five years experience. He's essentially a rookie. You know, he's 25 years old, but he's never played. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing Stetson Bennett play out. Well, obviously, we want Matt Stafford to be healthy for the entire season. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I'm quite excited to see Stetson Bennett. I did like some of what I saw in preseason already. Uh, Andrew, you're Miami Dolphins. How are you rating their preseason so far? A couple of injuries there it's, as well. A couple of injuries, yeah. The, 
Taylor Armstead's gone down again. Hopefully he'll be ready for week one. He makes the offensive line tick. Without him, at the first play of the Texans game, at the weekend, I mean, to a throw interception because he had a bit. The, the guy took a bit a second. Within a second, he'd gone from defensive line to into us face. That's not great, but we're looking okay. Like, I think, as, as, as Dave was saying, we do have a lot of talent, so we can afford to lose a player here or there and still look competitive. So, if to us final or Sunders, uh, if we're running well, every chance. But that offensive line just has to protect our skill players, essentially the running back and the the quarterback or we will be in trouble yeah i don't know how many times we have to say it the offensive line it's it's all about the offensive line for for the running game and the passing game of course uh now there has been some other news going on i mean two days ago we were thinking there's no news there's literally no news going on whatsoever and then in the past couple of days it's absolutely just exploded um saints tight end jimmy graham now he was arrested uh, last week. Um, I believe he was sort of found wandering around in the middle of the road. The police came across him. He resisted arrest. Uh, they assumed he was under the influence of a controlled substance, shall we say. But he has been released and he returned to practice uh, today uh, for the first time. And it's what the team officials were calling a medical episode. But... I, when this happened, I saw it on Twitter and I was like, what's going on here? This guy's literally just coming back to New Orleans, you know, back playing again and something happened. I'm not going to speculate as to what's happened. I don't know if anyone's got any more information on the, the Jimmy Graham incident there, but it was bizarre. Dave, what did you think of this one? I mean, from what I've seen, um, you know, obviously he's had a couple of um, evaluations, probably a variety of medical physicians. Um, there was a slight statement, a, a slight statement, a small statement released by the Saints team physician. Um, and he said that the most likely thing that happened was that Jimmy Graham uh, likely had a small seizure and was disorientated uh, when he was picked up by police on that Friday night. Um, and uh, you know, he's had a misdemeanor. Uh, charged for using a controlled substance without a prescription and, like you said, resisting arrest. So, there, I mean, looking at the what the NFL is like, it's it's quite it's going to result in some sort of disciplinary action, particularly on on the uh, controlled substance, um, because they're not they they have a virtually a zero tolerance policy to any kind of control, controlled sub, substance in the league. Um, but yeah, I think. When there was no information brought out with that bit of news, we were all very, oh no, is this another kind of head injury issue? Um, you know, because Jimmy Graham, he's a veteran. He's been in, he's he's been playing football probably thirty plus years. Um, yeah, and you know we're, we're always talking about uh, potential head knocks and things like that. Yeah, you've got players that have retired uh, very early on to protect their own health because they know all these knocks of the head could lead to serious health implications down the line. So we were worried that it could be something along those lines, but it looks like that he had a seizure. I'm hoping for his sake, you know, and his family's sake and his team's sake that he is okay now. But throwing him straight back into practice after such a thing really puts me uneasy. I'm getting serious kind of tour vibes from last year, which I was not happy with. And we said it at the time, it's not when you're not sure 
and you're putting the, the player's health at risk, that's a serious issue. It's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm probably we've got the best person to ask about the two issue as well. You know, just following on from a player last year that was quite clearly not okay to, to continue and did. If the Saints are doing that with Jimmy Graham, what do you think, Andrew, about that? Uh, about the kind of it's almost it's putting the team first before the player and I don't like it myself. Yeah, I think the the team physicians obviously come out to say a likely medical episode and I would like to think the physicians being a hundred percent honest because at the end of the day these these players' health is always the most important thing. Um so I would hope that's the case. Uh Jimmy Jimmy Game will be okay and all those things. We saw what happened last year with Tua. The Dolphins got absolutely destroyed, rightfully so for what was an absolute disgrace. Uh, just the, the, from the position, the, the pressure he was under, he put to her back when he shouldn't have. It was clear to say to anybody that he wasn't right. And what happens a few days later, he gets another knock, and he, he, it basically curtailed the season. I know he came back for a bit, but basically curtailed the season. And you've got to put players' safety first. We all want to win, we all want our teams to do well, but safety first. So I would very, very much hope, because I'm seeing Jimmy Graham is back at practice today, that... The physician is one hundred clear, regardless what the team thinks, regardless what ABS thinks, that that's the right move for him because it needs to be. Yeah, that that um, going back to to two half from last year, that second concussion was absolutely horrendous to watch. And you're right, Andrew. Everyone said it, and Dave, we said it on the podcast. You know, when they said announced he was going to be starting, we were like, "Why? He had a concussion." What was it for? Because it, was it the Thursday night game or was he playing a Monday night game? And it was four to five it was days. Something alongside, yeah, it was less I, than a I week. I forget and the you, yeah. You put and, a player and, and, in who's got a head injury of all things, a head injury, and I mean, well, we off air, we were slating the Dolphins' backroom staff, and rightfully so because that I, I mean, it's, looking at our own teams, if I saw just say Matt Stafford, he had a seri- he had a concussion. Quite obviously, he had a concussion. He went down, head bouncing off the deck, and then he's playing five, six days later. Absolutely not. You, no. you know, there would be absolute uproar. I don't. I I know there's pressure to win. I know so many of these guys. They're trained. They've got it inbuilt and ingrained into them that they to play hurt. They. I've seen so many documentaries of these players saying that you know, just play through it, play through the pain play through whatever is going on. That that year is over because we've seen what the evidence is 10, 15, 20 years of these kind of injuries. We've seen it time and time again. I I, I'm, I, will, I am really disappointed to read what has happened with Jimmy Graham because I I don't think a day or two is okay True, to say, yeah, you're, you're, you're ready to play. But, but we don't know what the actual details were with the Jimmy Graham incident. Mm. We, we think that's what it is, and that's what sort of everyone's best guess is that it was some sort of um, a head issue. Or, or a seizure, yeah, a seizure. A seizure. Would, would, you not, would you not argue, though, that if, you know, kind of what we're saying, that we're not medical professionals and we're right, we don't know the full story. But if, they, if they're saying their best guesses, if it's, if it's just a guess... Maybe give it a couple more days. You know, maybe give it a few more days if you just make sure he's okay. You know, if you're if you're not a hundred percent sure what went on, you want to make sure you've got everything up. You've got to make sure that player's fully, fully back to health and safe before you you put him on, on, onto the field in what is a violent sport. 
I mean, absolutely. Now, Jimmy Graham missed last year. He essentially, well, essentially retired. He, he missed the, the, all of last year. He comes back, uh, and this happens, before, you know, in the middle of preseason. You're thinking there's some, and we all know, you're right, we're not medical experts. We don't have doctorates and that stuff. We're not head uh, trauma specialists. But you hear these things, and you see these things happening, and... It's, it's like, even when you, you see, you know, I, I mentioned Javonte Williams earlier on, coming back from an uh, ECL tier, and I thought, that's very early. Now, don't get me wrong, the doctors have all said, wow, his, his recovery's been incredible. But I'll be honest, see if I'm Sean Payton, <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know if I want you playing in preseason. I, I don't want you playing in week one if we don't need you. Suit up, but if we don't need you, you're not playing. You know, uh, you need all the time in the world. Even we saw um, Brock Purdy playing there in, in preseason. I mean, that guy yeah. had a horrendous injury in the championship game. It's not like this happened at the beginning of last year. This was at the end in the NFC Championship game, where he um, I can't it was a tendon in his his wrist or something like that that he, yep. that he tore, and and there he is. He's playing in preseason. And I know that were they not were they not saying with Brock Purdy? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Uh, was it were they not saying that the likely timescale for that would be at the earliest kind of middle of the season? That was I, kind of the I the, think they you know, expected the, the guesses about, or even end yeah, of the year. I think they'd expected about week six, week seven. You know, you're talking mid, mid to late October, which is mm-hmm. when they expected him to be back. And he's on there. Don't get as I say. It could be that all the doctors are like, wow, I can't believe how quickly this guy's healed. He's, he's 100%. There you go. He's 100%. I, I don't think um, the, the Brock Purdy thing is a case of we need this guy back quickly and he's going to be playing before, uh, you know, before he's fully healthy because they've got Sam Darnold there. They've got to actually, speaking of that, Speaking of that, <laughs> it has been announced Brock Purdy is the week one starter. Sam Darnold is confirmed as the number two quarterback. And Trey Lance, a former third overall pick, is relegated to third string quarterback at the 49ers. I don't know if either of you guys have seen uh, Trey Lance in preseason. Um, in, the, in his first outing, he looked jittery like proper, didn't have a clue what he was doing. Did look a little better last week against the, the the Broncos, but hats off to Sam Darnold. He looked sharp. And, I, I you know, Kyle Shanahan is going to go with who looks best right now. I don't care who you are. Who is the best player right now? He's going, uh, he's announced party as the starter, Sam Darnold as the backup, Trey Lance in third position, and there has been rumours about the 49ers shipping Trey Lance. This has been a thing that is, you know, the rumour mill goes around on Twitter and we all see it and they're like, oh, very, very possibly. Um, he's not really had a chance to play because of his injury last year. Uh, Andrew, I'll put it to you first. The 49ers quarterback situation, what do you think of that? And we will we will talk about some of the other quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I think with Trey, the thing is, I think even when, when Trey Lance was drafted, everybody said, I think everybody said, he's not even close to the first article. This guy has a can of an arm. He has potential. Let's see what he can do. So it was always going to be a gamble. Um, and he's obviously been unlucky. He's had injuries. 
but he's obviously at, at least given that he's not had a whole lot of time on the field in reality to put him behind the eight ball and and I I, I think as you said Kyle Shanahan these coaches are all, especially in, in a world now where what have you done for me lately is so prevalent you can't afford to go 2-14 and 14 with a 49er 2-15 and 15 with a 49ers by playing three lads to get him to improve You've got you've got to win now, and if he doesn't think the answer there is Trey Lance, he's got to he's got to move on. Um, I'm not sure Brock Purdy is the answer either. Personally, I know you you might feel a bit differently, Nyosa. I feel very but, differently. Yeah, so he's got he's got to do the, he's he's got to just make the the best call he can, and if that's if that's Brock Purdy, that's where he's going to go. I feel for Trey Lance, but I mean, I really I'm not really sure uh, Sean Henry had any other option. Well, no, I mean Sam Darnold was was a, a first round quarterback. You know, it's a few years ago. He and he looked like a total bust. He looked terrible. He looked awful with the Jets. He then went to was a Carolina he went to. Mm-hmm. He was absolutely horrendous. He, he he's now in San Francisco. And if there's anywhere that can resurrect a quarterback's career, it's in that Shanahan offense. Dave, I'll, I'll put it to you. I know, I know you don't talk about the 49ers all the time. I get that. But with this announcement, what do you make of that? Do you think it is, as, as Andrew was saying, and you know, as I mentioned earlier, that it's just a case of Kyle Shanahan going, I don't care where you're drafted. I, you're drafted third overall. Sam Darnold was a high first-round draft pick. He, was he first overall? He wasn't, was he? Sam mm, Darnold wasn't a first-overall well, pick, was he? Well, what, who? Sam Darnold. What, Sam Darnold. I, I need to... Second. He was second. Was he not second? I, I Was he not second in the year that Baker was first? Could be. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to find Rosen out. I'm going to find out right now. I'm, sh- I'm sure it was um, It was Baker, then Sam Darnold, then Josh Rosen. Third. Third, third. overall. So there you go. So there you are. Trey Lance was a third overall. So was Sam Darnold. The only difference is so, yours. Yeah, so they've got uh, two third overall picks in the draft as their backup and third choice, and they've got Mr. Irrelevant as, as their the first starter. choice. That is the most 49er thing I have ever heard in <laughs> all my days. But it yeah, might, you it just might work, though. Might work. Well, uh, I'm, 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 I'll be honest, I hope it doesn't. Um, for very obvious reasons. But just, well, I mean, just what you were saying about um, I that, you know, I don't like talking about the 49ers. It's just like talking about what's my favourite colour of paint to watch dry on the wall. Yes, you're absolutely right. I hate talking about the 49ers. But what I do know, though, and I will say in spite of that, that Cal Shanahan knows what he's doing. The, there's no way around it whatsoever. He comes from the same school as our own, uh, Lord, our own. I, I'm not sure we're allowed to say Lord and Savior, but our, our own Savior. I'm not in, sure you're allowed to say that. <laughs> our but, own Savior, yes. Elias Sean McVay. Um, but yeah, the, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he wants to see. He's got that sort of in Brock Purdy. Uh, he knows he's got a decent backup in Sam Darnold. He's got Trey Lance, who is the biggest. Um, expense out of all these three quarterbacks, they fielded trade calls in April for him, and they said no because they wanted to see him in preseason. Now his value as a trade option for other teams has plummeted in the last four months. Absolutely, uh, you, you'd be lucky if you get anything for him, right? You, you've we, uh, I mean, 
let, let's we we've talked about draft busts plenty on this show, but this is up there. This is right up there. If if he doesn't, you know, at least fight Sam Darnold. If he doesn't put in the work to make a contest at least with Sam Darnold. If something happens to Brock Purdy, then you know it's, it's going to be Sam Darnold at the moment coming in. And um, from what I saw in preseason, I'm not going to lie, I laughed at some of the plays. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm genuinely being serious. I was laughing, thinking this is horrifically brilliant to watch. But um, yeah, it, it's it's a case of could Trey Lance go to another team and definitely be at the very best backup? Or do you take the 10, 12, 15 million you've already earned and walk away? Uh, that There's a case there. I mean, th- there might be a case there. And that's a lovely segue, Dave. A lovely segue for the next piece of news, which is, of course, Jets wide receiver Cody Davis informs the team that he is stepping away from football. Now, the the 28-year-old wide receiver informed the team he plans to take time away from football and won't be with them to begin the season. And yet, the way that it's being presented is that he's never going to play again. Um, Andrew, I'll, I'll put it to you, Corey. Corey Davis is a great receiver. You, you could argue last year he was the best receiver on the Jets. Uh, in fact, I, I would say he was the best receiver for the team last year. Obviously, things have changed and receivers have come in from, you know, Green Bay and he will not be mentioned influence. And so all, all that sort of going on in New York there, but Corey Davis, just, it looks like he's gone. Do you think he's gone or do you think he is literally just taking some time out? I, th- I think he's gone. Um, <clears throat> just a quick read of a statement there. He's kind of talking about wanting to spend more time with his family, his kids, it feels to me like he's just gone, my heart's not in this anymore. I don't want to do this. I've, I've made my money, and if I don't want to be getting up 5 in the morning, putting my body through what needs to be put through all the time, and you don't want to play football, if it's not your passion, you should walk away. And I'm not saying that's definitely what it is, but just based on, on kind of what I'm seeing and stepping away, and he talks about searching his heart. Sounds to me like that's just someone who doesn't want to play NFL football anymore. It does a bit. Dave, what do you think? Do you reckon he's done for good or do you reckon he's... Because it, it sounds like he's done for good from what he's saying. But then the official statement was that he's taking some time away. What do mm-hmm. you make of this? I, there's, there's... I think that... Well, there's obviously... There's a missing piece of the jigsaw here. So, so you know, something is not right. And... The, yeah, I mean, I've seen a couple of statements from uh, the head coach. I've seen from the chair, the chairman... The, the the way they worded it, like, like yourself and Andrew have already said, uh, I, I think he's done. There's only so many positions you can walk away from and come back just say a year later. The, and the wide receiver one, I don't think is one. Tight ends, a couple of them, ha- we, you know, we've seen them come back. Uh, obviously, Gronk was quite successful, but he wasn't quite the same. You know, we were looking for Jimmy Graham coming back. Those, those, the tight end was a position that uh, you could do it with. Wide receiver, I don't think so. You lose that slight turn of pace because you're not constantly training. You don't have that training camp, that you know, that entire year of working out or putting your body through it. If your body gets too relaxed, mm, the wide receiver position especially, you need your pace. Um, you need to be constantly using your muscle memory and keeping your muscle memory up up to date to catch the ball 
you know, knowing where the ball's going to be. So I, I, I think he's got to be done. I, I don't, I just don't, unless he, he comes back as some sort of um, special teamer, like a returner or something along those lines, I, I, I don't see him returning to the league. Um, in other news, Cowboys pass rusher Sam Williams has been arrested for possession of a controlled substance and unlawful carrying of a weapon. Um, Texas police uh, told NFL.com on Wednesday, the, sorry, beg your pardon, by the Texas police. Cowboys spokesman told the NFL.com on Wednesday that the team is aware of the incident. Now, he was selected in the second round uh, of the 2022 draft. Um, he's from Ole Miss, and he played 15 games as a rookie, registered four sacks uh, on the season as a reserve edge rusher, but arrested, and you're thinking, carrying a weapon. We spoke about this last year. Players, you, you know you can't carry concealed weapons. Stop doing it. It's, it's like there's so many things that you just know you can't do. And if you really fearing for your life and you feel the need to be defended hire a bodyguard someone with a license to do it don't do it yourself this this drives me up the wall dave uh, we we spoke at length about this last year at length almost ad nauseum uh, but dave it, it's happened again what do you think of this it's just ugh. i i would uh, summarize the entire thing and uh, and for this not just this conversation now but what we discussed last year don't put yourself in situations that these outcomes are going to happen in it's just that simple i've i've told uh, it, it's i've i mean i've tried to do my best by that i've i've told i've told someone this today already don't put yourself in situations where things, bad things could happen. That is one of those situations where bad things can really happen. One split-second decision. Wait, if you've got a gun on you, what? I mean, one slight accident, he could have nicked it, he could have shot himself. You know, th those kind of things can happen. They do happen. It's 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 ridiculous. But we and we also discussed it before last year that it's so important. Even it wasn't even last year. It was quite, it was quite recently. The entourage and the people that are surrounding each player are really important to keep the to, to make sure that the player knows what the situation is. keeps his head keeps smart and doesn't do silly things this was next level stupidity and puts his career in jeopardy because he wanted he, he i think it was without permit as well if i yeah. i think that's that's the big sticking point but obviously you know you you've um You've got the. First, I think it's First Amendment. There's there's so many amendments uh, in the US Constitution. I, I think it's actually. I, I, I think it's it. actually the second one. I think it's the second. The amendment. second. That's why they well, keep I mean, on I mean, I mean it could be the hundred and second, but uh, you know the point still stands. The um they've got that, but if you want to do that, do it right. Do it legally. If you can't do it legally, don't do it. <laughs> it's just that simple. It's just that simple. I don't. I don't understand why. Uh, why these. They're, they're not just people. They're professional athletes. They are highly paid. They And the thing that gets me, though, as well, is that you've got young kids who watch you week in, week out, month in, month out, and you and it comes with the territory. You get highly paid. You live a life of luxury. You are a role model for these little boys and girls who are watching every single week, every single month, and then you go and do something like that where you're just for for not a whole lot of reason 
carrying an un, an unregistered or a, a a weapon without a permit. Stupid. And I'm, I fully support if there's a ban coming his way and a very hefty penalty. I mean, there, there should be. It's it's stupidity of a level that unfortunately we see time and time again with some of these players. Andrew, what's your view on this? Are, does, are, are you just sickened by it or are you just so fed up with it? Both stupid is and stupid does. It, it baffles me, absolutely baffles me that a world where you basically cannot hide from anything. We are on watch 24-7. How you do not constantly see even growing up, you talk about role models. You're seeing this happen to people all the time. Oh, conceal, uh, conceal weapon, conceal weapon. Oh, this happens, this happens. Stop doing it. Like, I just don't understand how you can be in a world and be so ignorant to this happening. All you do, and you just have such a God complex, you don't care. Oh, I'll get away with it. It's Whatever it is, it's absolute madness. Uh, it's frustrating. Um, I always say the, playing in the NFL is a privilege, not a right. Um... You can't behave yourself. You can't do these things. You deserve to be the NFL. That's just that's just ridiculous. You're right. I mean, you're absolutely right. So, I mean, so a word to any NFL players who might be listening here. First of all, don't hit women. Okay, don't do that. Secondly, don't carry guns. Just stop doing it. Stop. And thirdly, don't bet on any sports whatsoever. It's like, you know the consequences. Just stop it. It's I can't. I don't know why we have to talk about incidents like this, like the betting. Just all these things that you see time and time again. And you're right, Andrew. So we're in a world now where everyone's being watched, particularly when you are a high-profile athlete for one of the biggest franchises on planet Earth. It's not like, I mean, it's not, you know, it's it's not like he's playing for, no no offence to the Canadian Football League, but I'm just saying, it's 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 not as big as the NFL. You've got more chance of hiding. But this, this guy plays with Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what, what do you think? And how do you think you're going to get away with it when you've seen umpteen people before you not get away with it? Madness. It like is. This. It's like I'm. I'm not going to go into the the betting thing again because we've again we've discussed it at length. But when you hear about it happening again and again and again and again, and you're just thinking, is there something wrong with these people that they feel the need to do this despite already knowing the consequences of what's happened to other people? I forget who it was who said uh, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Absolutely. There Absolutely. you go. There you go. Um, right. Uh, in other news, in other news, defensive lineman Chris Jones may be holding out until week eight. Uh, Jones plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, he posted a picture this week in social media with a sign that read, If it's out of your hands, it deserves freedom from your mind also. Now, I don't know what he meant by that, uh, but apparently uh, the Chiefs have had no communication with uh, Chris Jones and he has hinted at sitting out until week eight. Dave, what do you make of this? I mean, it's a a pretty expensive tantrum to have uh, to, to lose $1.1 million per week 
just to throw just to see how far you can throw your toys out the pram. So I, I, I mean, you know, you, he's see, he's obviously seen uh, everyone else getting much bigger money. He, I think, he probably wants something like a five, six year, hundred and fifty million dollar contract, and he's good. He's a great. He's a great defensive lineman. He's one of the very best in the league. Um, I, I, I guess he doesn't feel like he's getting paid the best. But is it really worth what it would take us to about 40 years to earn for him to lose that in a week just to have a tantrum? How much money is not enough? How much? It's just... It's so pathetic. And uh, just... just just to quote Andrew as well, it's like a god complex. That, that the, all these players seem to have this stupid view of reality. Which and Chris Jones like, well, I want paid uh, two hundred zillion. I don't, I don't like my <laughs> one hundred twenty zillion. That, that's not enough. That's not my market value. Shut up! Don't get back in there. You've got you're in the the most privileged position. In professional sports, and all you've got to do is instead, like, if it was a quarterback, he'd be try- instead of throwing his throwing the ball, he'd be throwing his toys. Whereas Chris Jones is just like bang bang smashing all his all his toys. It's just ridiculous. It's petty, and he needs to grow up. I'm afraid. So yeah. get your butt back on the field, Chris Jones. I know he's listening because he sat out doing nothing else. So <laughs> he's definitely listening. Repeat. <laughs> We are you know how why do we keep it's topics that we've discussed all last year? So we have had the same discussions last year and we're doing it again this year. Greed. I despise greed in players. I hate it. Andrew, please either change the subject or give us your viewpoint. Because I can't take this anymore. Uh, yeah, I this one, yeah, I totally understand where you guys are coming from with greed and that stuff. He does need the money. He absolutely does need the money. To me, I always just think of this: is it is it that he wants more money, or is it just he wants to be he wants to feel like he's been paid uh, as well as other people, his colleagues, essentially? I know it's different to the NFL; it's absolutely a different sport. But if if you find five people all work at a company and one's making £1,000 more than everybody else is. That's an issue. If everybody's making, let's say, £20,000, everybody's happy. But if four are making 20000 and one's making 21000 all of a sudden the other four aren't happy. Because, hold on a second, I'm good enough to be earning what everybody else is earning. So it might be a bit to do with that, um, but it, 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 it is it is mad. I, I think there's also the other side of things where just, you've signed a contract, you know, the contract. And I understand understand that clubs will absolutely throw you to the wolves if you, if you aren't performing but you've, you have signed a contract you know yeah he's in the final year of a four year 80 million dollar contract well you, you were happy enough picking up the first 60 million say uh, yeah you know, no there. It, it, do you think it's because some we have seen some some big contracts this off season um and you know by defensive linemen as well for some Big, big contract. But you're right. I mean, he, all he needs to do is just play well this year and get a new contract. Yep. If you yeah, want, he's uh, like, Exactly. And whatever his next contract's going to be, it's going to be bigger than than that one because, as you said, Dave, he is a, he's a really good player. And mm-hmm. when his contract's up and they're having the negotiations, 
and he says, oh, I want more because X, Y, and Z got more, then they'll say, oh, okay then, because, you know, the market's gone up. You can get more money. There you go. But this, I, I want it now. I want. I want otherwise, I'm not going to play. What? You know, just just well, play. Do you, do you know, if, if he misses the first seven weeks of the year, do you know how much money he'll collect for the rest of the year for base salary and signing bonus that of the original contract? Just over $18 million. He will miss half the season and still pick up $18 million for, uh, for to play in half the season. And obviously, that's fully guaranteed money. It's a signing bonus and base salary. Those aren't bonus incentives. Those, the, that, that's a signing bonus. That's a so lot of money. up $18 million. 18 million <laughs> that, that's a lot of money for, for 50% effort, let's be honest. Well, for, for, for what? He sat at home with a dummy in his mouth thinking, how far can I spit this? Well, I'll, I'll spit it all the way to week eight at this point and just see if I can get it. I'll just pick up the $18 million for a kind of half something done. That, you know, just half something job done, which is exactly what's happening. I, you know what? Um, they were welcoming him back with open arms after week eight because winning solves everything. End of the day, he can help them win. We'll take him back. I mean, he can, but the problem with Kansas City is it's Kansas City. They've never, in, in, the, in all the time Patrick Mahomes has been playing since 20, well, technically 17, but 2018, they've never had a top 10 defense. It's not happened. They've won two Super Bowls and they've never had a top 10. De- That's unheard of. I, I honestly, they might go 8 and 0. Well, they've also never been without Chris Jones, though. Well, yeah, but the fact that, I mean, what you said, well, Chris Jones isn't there, they're, they're always, instead of being top 10, they're going to be top 30. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, but I mean, you've got to have some form of defense to, to win. You do, a you Super do, Bowl. but what I'm it's, saying is, I, I honestly believe without Chris Jones, they can go 8 0 to start the season. I believe that. Uh, absolutely, they can go undefeated through the first eight games of this season. No, without Chris Jones. I'm 100% sure of that. I'm not saying they will, but I think they, they can. They've got the ability mm-hmm. to do it. Um, I, I don't know if he's maybe... See, the problem is I like Chris Jones. Well, I hate him because he plays with Kansas City, but I like him as a player. He's a really, really good player. Um, but he might be on a team that doesn't necessarily miss him that much you, maybe that's his worry maybe that's why he's wanting his contract now it would be like um, I'm trying to think of a good example here we, we've all spoken about the running backs right if Christian McCaffrey held out at San Francisco it's going to affect them but it's not going to affect them as much as it might affect Derek Henry holding out from the Titans and I, because they don't need Christmas Caffrey as much as the Titans need Derrick Henry. I don't think Chris Jones hanging out, holding out from Kansas City would affect the Chiefs as much as Aaron Donald holding out from the Rams. I, you, do you know what I mean? I just think the value to the team isn't that much. Now, I could be completely wrong. He holds out and all of a sudden they can't stop the run and teams are gashing them left, right and centre and scoring 40 points a game. That could happen. I just don't think it will. And I think that just given his situation, he might be 
overvaluing himself slightly. I, I, I don't know if, you know, I'm just, I'm spitballing here. I don't know. But you see players in certain situations and they're just not that valuable to the team, despite the fact they're an incredible player. You know, it's, it's like, we, we, we said, and staying with Kansas City, we spoke, look at the wide receivers. It doesn't matter who they've got there. Make next no man one, up. It's next man up. It doesn't matter who your wide receiver is in Kansas City. So they could have Devontae Adams, and then he decides to hold out. Okay, hold out. We don't care. Go away. We don't need you. You know, we're winning Super Bowls with seventh round, sixth round draft picks at running back and fifth round wide receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster comes out. I want more. Bye. See you later. We don't need you because it's Kansas City. Whereas if, um, you know, Devontae Adams is, I think, a vital part of that Raiders offense. He makes that team a lot better. I'm convinced of that. And I think if he missed games this season, the Raiders' attack would really suffer. But if he was on the Chiefs, I, you'd barely notice a difference. Um, that, well, that's that's my view. I don't know if you guys think any different. Oh, no, a fair point, mate. Well made. Uh, oh. I, I'm <laughs> speechless. I'm speechless. So, uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, you just said everything that was in my head, you know, ap- apart from uh, the fact that I think if Chris Jones went to 31 of the 32 teams in the NFL, he would get that contract. I, do, I think he think would get so? the contract he's looking for. There's very, very few. I, I, I mean, maybe not 31, but you, you catch my drift. There's I, only yeah, a I know couple what you mean. teams at the most that wouldn't pay Chris Jones. And I think you're spot on in saying that. I don't think the Chiefs need to pay him as much as that. I think the four-year $80 million was good for both. And I don't think the Chiefs are willing to go anymore because there is a certain quarterback that is, by the minute is getting more and more undervalued in the marketplace. And he needs to be the most paid athlete in the NFL. I, I just, I don't see yeah, so how not. So they need that money. Because of the quarterback market and the way it has gone just ridiculous in the past season. Boom. Uh, yeah. just the money is insane. The Chiefs know they are going to need to pay Patrick Mahomes because you cannot let that guy hold out. You cannot let this guy walk. You cannot let him become a free agent. Whatever it takes. If Andy Reid needs to give Patrick Mahomes his house to keep him there, he should do it and just move into a van. I'm telling you right now, they need to keep that guy there. It's, it's like I said before, the Titans and Derrick Henry. They need that man there. Because if he's not there, there's nothing else. <laughs> there's, there's, there's nothing can you imagine if Derrick Henry held out from the Titans this year? Imagine what that offense would look like. That would be horrendous. I yeah yeah. I mean it's 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 the it's hard for it to get much worse. But that that is one of the very few ways that it could get much worse. But um, can I see it happening? Yes. Yeah, I can. And I don't think they will. I don't think they will pay him that much. I I don't know when Henry's contract is up. I, I don't know how many years he's got left, and I've I've no idea. But when it's up, uh, yeah, yeah, they need to pay that man. 
They absolutely because th- there are certain players, and and you know, as you said, oh, you can well, you can get a guy in the draft. Yeah, you can get a guy in the draft. You know what you can't get? You can't get Derek Henry in the draft every year. You can't get Patrick Mahomes in the draft every year. You can't get these Devontae Adams every year in the draft. Now, some teams don't need that type of player. But the teams that do need those players are the ones who've got them on their teams. And, you know, if, if, if Derek Henry says, I'm going to hold out, and they say, I'm able to ship you, we'll pick up someone in the seventh round in the draft like the Chiefs did. If Isaiah Pacheco and Derek Henry swapped places, the leading rush on the Titans, leading rush on the Chiefs, one team is winning that trade, and it's not the Titans. No offence to Isaiah Pacheco. It's just, I don't know. We spoke a hell of a long time about contracts. <laughs> so we did. This is, what the, this is what their public pay for. Well, they don't actually pay us. We don't get paid to do this. But this is what the public want, I think. I think this is what they want. I think, I think we need some market research on that. Very possibly. So sticking with the, the running back analogies that we've been talking about here, um, Andrew, I believe you had some news about Jonathan Taylor for us. Yes, so it has just been announced. Obviously, the, the Colts gave Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade earlier this week, and it has now become apparent that they have told him he has until next Tuesday, the 29th of August, to find a team willing to trade for him. There are apparently six teams um, interested in him, and a couple have already made offers. So it's hotting up. It really now does look like Jonathan Taylor may not be a Colt this time next week. Wow. Uh, rushing champion from two years ago, Jonathan Taylor. Um, Dave, we, we were just talking about the value of running backs to organisations. Jonathan Taylor is a great running back. We know this. Um, six teams? You hoping your Rams are one of them? I, I, I did a little prayer when Andrew was saying that there were six teams interested in that the Rams were one of these teams um, because I don't know if I can go a whole season with Cam Akers at running back. Um, I like Cam Akers. I do. I like him. It's awful. It was awful. And, you know, I I, I actually think, uh, you know, we've joked about some of the teams that you might go to. I think one of the quiet favorites would be the Chicago Bears. Because they're a run-heavy team. They set up the run so well. They've got a rushing quarterback. And... You know, I mean, the weather's not going to be an issue for him because he's if he's in Indianapolis, it's not exactly warm all year round there. I know they play in a dome. I was just going to say, got the air well, gone yeah, up they, on the they dome. Play, they, they play in the dome, but, you know, he's, it's not going to be an issue for him. And I think he would slot right in there very nice. And it's not like they don't have cap space because they do have cap space in Chicago. We know they've got cap space in Chicago because they came into the season, I think, with the, the highest cap just just before uh, I put this to you, Andrew, about Jonathan Taylor, uh, cap space. It turns out the Cleveland Browns have got an absolute ton of cap space. They now lead the league in cap space. How did that happen after Deshaun Watson's, <laughs> I mean, contract from last year? I don't, I don't know yeah. how that happened, but they've got like $18 trillion in cap space or some ridiculous account. Andrew, Jonathan Taylor, uh, six teams... Miami Dolphins, we know they wanted Dalvin Cook, or there was rumours of Dalvin Cook. Jonathan Taylor could be a, a, a nice pickup for them, if that's the case. Yeah, there's definitely been smoke around it. There's been talks of the Dolphins are interested in, in picking up Jonathan Taylor. 
it's it's a bizarre one. We we were obviously we've already got speedy running backs. We drafted a speedy running back. Dave's uh, nodding April, away. He's like, yes, you do. <laughs> you don't need him. <laughs> it's, 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 it's another start. Where, where are the Dolphins getting this? I mean, they are going to be in some cap hell soon because this is just getting ridiculous. But Jonathan Taylor is one of the best running backs in the NFL. No question about it. And if he's in the Dolphins, look out. Now, he can afford to take a slightly lower amount from the Dolphins because there's no state income tax in Florida. So $18 million in Florida might look like $25 million in New York, for example. Um, so wherever he wants to go, you know, imagine that. Imagine he went to the Giants. Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor on the same team. That would be pretty... Barkley would end up, end up a Dolphin, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh. hey, do you know you what? Know. Um, <laughs> do you know what? If that was the case, Barkley would probably end up a Colt. They'd do a swap. He's, Maybe. He's, he's not he's happy. He's not happy. But then, you know, we spoke about there's still free agents out there. There's still good free agents. Has anything happened to Kareem Hunt yet? Is he still floating around in the ether somewhere? Or has he been picked up? I've not heard I so. anything. I, think, yeah, I, do, I don't think he's signed anywhere anyway. No, he, we visited um, uh, the Saints. And he visited, there was another team, I forget who it was last week. He was at the Patriots. He was at the pa- Patriots it might have been the Patriots. Well. Um, but I don't think he's actually been signed. So he hasn't. No, he hasn't. So there's, there's Kareem Hunt. He's, he's sitting there. So maybe, do you know what? If the Colts are willing to ship Jonathan Taylor, they've got to have a backup plan. And as you've already said, he's a really, really good running back. They must either have someone on their squad, like maybe a, a, a rookie or a, a backup player, that they think he's going to be just as good. Almost the same way that the Cowboys did with Tony Pollard coming in. And Zeke, right, by off you go. Um, or they're maybe looking at someone like Kareem Hunt and saying, well, we can let Jonathan Taylor go. Kareem's willing to play for a couple of million less. We'll take that. That could be the case, but I, I don't know. The Colts... They're a, they're a strange organization. The ownership in that in that that team is it's it's bizarre. Some of the decisions they make, and you you see, like over the past few years with the quarterbacks that they've been signing, and you think, oh no, they had Philip Rivers and Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz, and it's I'm not I've nothing against any of these players, but the, the contracts that they were giving them, you're just what, what are you what are you doing? You know, what I mean. I, again, taking nothing away from Philip Rivers. The guy played pretty well for the Colts when he was there, but he was essentially on his last legs as a, an, an elite NFL quarterback. And the same with Matt Ryan. He clearly just, he, he looked, I was hoping Matt Ryan would sort of be reborn in the Colts yeah. behind this stellar offensive line. And, you know, that at the time, the leading running back in the NFL, it just, it absolutely collapsed. Uh, and he had a hell of a time with over in, in Indianapolis then. But you just wonder with some of the signings, it almost looks like the Colts are always, every year, in the win now. Win now. We need to win now. Big name signing. Big name signing. And like it's, it's not working. You're not building a team. Um, and I, I don't think I trust the organization over in Indianapolis to, to do anything correctly. Is that harsh? Um, no. You used the phrase, um, 
Uh, the ownership is bizarre, and if I if I could think of one word to describe Jim Irsey, it probably would be bizarre. <laughs> it is bizarre. Now, Jim Ir- Jim Irsey has been bizarre for a long time. Has a long, long time. In fact, I was watching. Uh, did I tell you I got my Dazone sorted out? Hey, got it. Finally, got it sorted out. Oh my goodness, what a palaver that was. Anyway. Doesn't matter, Game Pass is back. So I'm quite happy with that. But you know what I don't like? They, they don't show the adverts anymore. So Ooh. when there's breaks in the game, you just get this sort of tiled players and like a commentator thing or a sound bite here and there. And I'm going, hang on a second. Whatever happened to the Flex Seal guy? I liked him. <laughs> what happened to the farmer's adverts with the, the guy who played, uh, you know, J. Jonah Jameson in mm-hmm. Spider-Man? I, I liked him. You know, we are farmers. Dum, 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 dum. You know what I'm talking about. I loved yeah. these adverts. And on a, the ones I really enjoyed was the ones where for medication, because we don't get them. <laughs> we don't get these adverts in, in the UK. But... Um, for anyone who's not watched Game Pass, uh, uh, well, what they used to do is they would show the, the uh, USA broadcast. And so if you're watching NFL Network, it would be the entire broadcast, including the adverts. And some of the ones for the medication were hilarious. Uh, and it would always be for things like, um, di- for example, diabetes. Right? You know, that's a pretty serious thing diabetes you know that um and they'd have someone saying oh i've stopped taking this one i asked my doctor to give me this one what is that and it says ask your doctor today to prescribe you're like you want me to tell the doctor what to prescribe me are you out of your mind and then it says oh my i'm living a new life now and then Right at the end, it's got the guy who must be the fastest speaker in the entire planet listing all the side effects of this drug. And he's rattling them off. I mean, it is ridiculous. And he goes, may cause internal bleeding, may cause, you know, brain hemorrhage, may cause blah, 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 blah. And in some cases, death. And you're thinking, whoa, 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 hang on a second. And then it goes back to the guy and he's, or woman, you know. Equal rights. Uh, I, I don't, it's on a horse or something going, my life's so much better now since I'm, I told my doctor to give me this drug. I'm like, what's going on here? It's unbelievable. And um, here's the other thing. You get some of these adverts where the person is talking to a friend and they're like, oh, what's wrong? I says, oh, it's my, I don't know, diverticulitis kicking in again. Oh, yes, I know what it's like. And then the guy, like, pulls out the, the drug that he's on from his pocket. He's got it on him. You know, they're working on a building site, too, guys. Hey, this is what I use. Like, why are you carrying it around with you? I was like, hemorrhoid cream or something. What's going on here? Why have you got it in your pocket? And you're just thinking to yourself, I love these adverts. They're so much fun. They're so good. And now we're deprived. And I think... Hang on a second. And the guy from Flex Seal, I can't remember his name. Phil Swift, is that his name? I, I've forgotten. He talks like the guy, our guy from the Sillet Bang adverts. Remember Scott from Sillet Bang? You know the guy I'm oh, talking about. And he just yeah. shouts all the time, Hi, 
I'm Scott from Silent Bang. Well, it was Barry Scott. That's it. Hi, I'm Barry Scott. Scott. That's it, Barry Scott. Well done, D. Barry Scott. We need we need more like better lives. I'm not going to lie to you. If you can recite American adverts from diabetes to hemorrhoid cream, you really need to get out more. Oh, that's because I I loved the adverts. But the uh, the guy who I think his name is Phil Swift for Flex Seal, and what this guy always did was like cut a boat in half. And then he'd like repeat it with him. There was one, there was one when he did, he made a boat out of flex tape, right? I'm I'm not making this up. He made it out of flex tape with just a a frame. And then he says, it's so tough, it can even survive the toughest conditions. And you see him going along and it's like a beautiful summer's day in this tiny wee ripples. You're like, what are you talking about, Phil? What's up with you? The guy's mental, but the adverts were amazing. I really miss those. Ad- that was my point. The point is I miss the adverts. I kind of went off on a wee bit of one there. I do apologize. How on earth are we supposed to say no that that was the point from I miss the adverts where you've discussed every single possible medical condition <laughs> on planet Earth. You've discussed uh, like basically expensive duct tape uh, that was being like trial tested on like a calm summer lake. In, oh, it is, it is. In, but I, if, if, Michigan. if you can find the advert on YouTube or something where he's got the boat and and he says even the toughest conditions, you're looking at it going, what? It looks like <laughs> honestly, it looks like the greatest day Stormway's ever had. You know, weather wise, and he's like, it's the <laughs> toughest conditions. What are you, what are you on? Um, but anyway, I forgot how we got onto that. I forgot what I was Impact. talking about. Gamepad, yeah. Oh, yeah, but I forgot how I got onto Game Pass. Um, we were talking about running backs. Yeah, we were talking about the zone. We were talking the, about you getting your zone sorted, yeah. but that they've lost the adverts. I've, I've lost, it, and you're, I've you're lost not happy that. about that. If yes, anyone can I, remember why I started talking about the zone, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I yeah. th- this happened. Yeah, listen, Dave, when you get to my age, you'll forget as well what you were talking about. That's well, on a completely unrelated side note, we would welcome sponsorships from all care homes within the Stornoway area in particular, especially for those for uh, memory loss uh, conditions. Wow. So, Wow. That's that's absolutely shocking, Dave. You're, you're a terrible man. You know that. I mean, the, the first the first medical condition you came up with was diabetes, and you said it to a diabetic. So, you know I used it as an example, and that's why I said, you know, because you do know, you know, that's a serious condition. But the, the adverts yeah, are yes, fantastic. I, I, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they are, but then you followed up diabetes with hemorrhoid cream. So I think we can take what that from that what we want. Or I actually, you know what, I don't want to take anything from the hemorrhoid cream. So I, I'd rather not go into those details, please. Yes. So um, <laughs> before that, we were talking about Jonathan Taylor. We going, were maybe going to the Dolphins, uh, and then we said about Kareem Hunt. Pos- oh, Jim Mercy. This is where. That's how I got to this. <laughs> we yeah. So yeah. that right. I've just remembered why I was talking about the zone because I was watching Game Pass. Anyway, so there's a, an NFL. Don't look at me like that, Dave. Don't, don't, stop it. <laughs> Just, I'm not, I don't know what's going on anymore. I, I was going to tell a story about Jim Irsey. Now, okay. I was watching, uh, it was one of the NFL originals, and it was called From Elway to Marino. If you've mm. not seen it, watch it. It's about the guy who's the agent 
for John Elway and Dan Marino going into the 1983 NFL draft. This guy kept um, meticulous diary notes about everything. He was representing both players, um, but particularly about John Elway that he was taking the notes because, you know, this is pre-internet, so he would only get to speak to um, John's dad, Jack Elway, who, who was a coach, um, a college coach. He'd only get to see him like maybe once a week, so he'd keep notes and say, you know, this is what's happened. And uh, Ernie Accorsi, who was the uh, general manager of the Colts at the time, they were the Baltimore Colts at this point, um, mm. he's talking, they're interviewing him, and he's talking about Jim Mercy and how... Ernie just got thrown into this role of general manager by Jim Orsay. He didn't know what he was doing and the draft. And, and he says, you know, what are we going to do? Everyone knew that John Elway was going to be number one overall. That wasn't a question. Everyone knew this. Colts had the number one pick. But of course, as we know now know, you know, looking back, John Elway didn't want to play for the Colts. Um, so they came up with all these things. They had meetings with the agents and that. And Ernie was like, right, well, if he's not going to play for us, We'll work out this thing where we'll draft him. Or, well, if if no one gives us the trade um, before the draft, we'll draft him because he is the best player. And then we can trade him. We can swap draft picks and do all that kind of stuff. And then as it's going on, Ernie Accorsi is saying, um, we, we, want the, we want to draft the, the trade. We want this trade to go. The draft's getting closer. We need this trade. And Jim Mercy literally like, like, walks in, takes over the office and goes, no, we're drafting him. Never mind, we're drafting him. And Ernie's like, he's not going to play for us. He's he's already said, because he had leverage, he, could, he was drafted by the Yankees. He's going to go and play baseball. And he says, no, we're drafting him. And Ernie, of course, is like the general manager. And all the people are going, oh, what's going on? And on the day, it's like, right, okay, we're drafting him. And Jim say in the middle of all this, people were saying, are you going to move the team? No, of course I'm not going to move the team. If I was going to move the team, I would tell you I'm going to move the team. He then moved the team without telling anyone and there's a very famous shot they used the mayflower trucks in the middle of the night in 1984 they moved from baltimore to indianapolis and didn't tell a soul that they were doing it he told no one that the team was moving. Jim Mercy. <laughs> this is not like now everyone talks about art model who was the browns owner when they moved to Baltimore and became the Ravens. Uh, but they knew, but he actually had even, he might have done it, I don't want to know, because even worse. He did it, told them in the middle of the season that he was moving the team at the end of the year. So, of course, in the last home game, the teams are ripping up seats. There was one guy who's saying, I've been a season ticket holder, this has been my seat for 30 years, I'm taking it home with me. And he did, he took a seat out of the stadium. Um, but Jim Mercy didn't tell anyone, he just moved the team. They're moving to Indianapolis. Bye. Middle of the night, big trucks shipping out from Baltimore. Absolutely, Jim Mercy is a nutter. I can't believe he's still there. But allegedly, allegedly, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, allegedly, Jim Mercy is a nutter. So <laughs> that's where I was going with that story, and that was it. it, was a, it yeah, bizarre. <laughs> Remember, I said bizarre organization, the Colts. That that's where I was going with that. <sighs> Apologies, Andrew. Apologies, Steve. Sorry yeah, about that. I enjoyed it. There, there are. We've reached new ground here, which is not something I thought we were we would be able to say on this podcast. That, that there's. I don't think there's ever been new ground that we haven't covered already. But alas, here we are. Just just goes to show you. 
there's always something to talk about in the NFL. Even Underestimate you... Geniosa at your pedal. <laughs> yeah, we've gone from hemorrhoid cream to Jamel Way <laughs> in like the space of like one breath. So it's got to be done. It's got to be done. <clears throat> so, uh, gentlemen, um, it is uh, obviously going to be a, a shorter podcast because you know it, it's preseason. There's not much happening. We're basically just waiting on news happening in and around the NFL. Uh, obviously. Uh, injuries uh, updates as they come there was one other thing um senior finalists for the pro football hall of fame class of 2024 have been announced steve mcmichael who was mentioned uh by brian mcgrath on the podcast the great chicago bears mm-hmm. player um art powell and randy gradishar of the denver broncos so i'm quite happy about that one it's the senior uh, finalist for the pro football hall of fame class 2024 so that was other news uh, there. But there's not been much else. So, gentlemen, uh, unless you have anything else, shall we move on to our final segment? I, I do have one little uh, oh, discussion point. Oh, I oh. have one little discussion point. Go for it. Uh, so we, I think we were establishing a theme on this week's podcast because not only have I got a unique individual that has put an, an article this week, but... Uh, it's also about running backs and it's from a former running back in Maurice Jones drew. Now he is a, a unique NFL analyst. Now there, there, I, I think, uh, to say the least, that would be the nicest thing of everything you could say. Um, because he's come out with some cr- pretty crazy predictions, uh, in the last, well, I suppose even in the last 12 to 18 months. Now he put out his own personal ranking of all 32 RB ones. Mm-hmm. at the present moment okay now i wanted to get some of your thoughts on some of these now i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna start not by the top five but i'm gonna start with our own team's current rb ones now coming in at 13 is a denver broncos javante williams now that to me seems fair i think that's pretty I- fair plus he's got a lot more to come from, so he could be, you know, a kind of top I would, ten. I would uh, say, I would back. say that's fair. I mean, I think we can we can all see he's he's got some real talent, but he was injured mm-hmm. all last year. We we don't know exactly how good he's going to be. I would struggle to put him in my top ten. So I think thirteen, I think that's pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, one I slightly did disagree with was the current Miami Dolphins RB one, and it's listed as Raheem Mostert. Now he's down in rank twenty five which I think is, I, I think it's um, uh, underwhelming because I think he's worth a lot more than that. I think he's got a lot more to offer than the 25th of 32. But I don't know what you think, Andrew. I, I would say, and I think it's been a wee bit of an issue of most dirt throughout his career, is he does seem to always be, even, even though he's, he, he is probably an RB1 at the moment, but almost a bit of a secondary option, he very rarely runs forward. Very often tosses wide either side. So, I, I don't know how harsh that is, actually. There's talent there. Like, on talent alone, maybe. But if you actually look at how often he's used and the kind of runs that he tends to make, I'm not sure it's actually that far off. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, mean, I, I think it, you're right, but I think he could be he could be in a little higher. I think he should be in a little I, higher. I, However... I might, I might have him top 20. You think, yeah, I, I, I do really rate him. I think, especially his performances for the 49ers, a um, specifically his performances against the Rams for the 49ers, uh, I would put him significantly higher, and that's a 
very painful thing to say. But unsurprisingly, coming in at rank 28 is Neos's favorite running back in the entire NFL based on this podcast in Cam Akers. I, I, I know this is my favorite Cam, running back. I just like it, him. Yes, well, I, I I hear that in my sleep. I like Cam Akers. That, that's what I hear in my sleep. I like Cam Akers. I like Brock Purdy. Yeah, well, you know what? I don't <laughs> to both of them. But I, I just like to point out some things uh, that, you know, uh, Cam Akers, he had 188 attempts uh, for 786 yards last year. Now, he had 4.2 uh, yards per carry. Pretty good. Uh, and he, I mean, he had two fumbles lost. Uh, which, you know, not ideal. Um, but it's some of the players that he's ahead of that I'm concerned because I, I don't agree whatsoever. Coming in at 29, Khalil Herbert of the Chicago Bears. Now, that kind of plays into me th- saying, do you think the Bears are going to go for Jonathan Taylor? Because I think, you know, I think I still think that Khalil Herbert is better than that. But, you know, it, it's quite a, it's quite a, a prestigious list. I would say RB one, RB ones are a very close field. Um, so I, I think there's, if there's anything separating some of these players, it's it's minuscule. You know, it, it is tiny, and that's why you've got the kind of old uh, next man up. But number thirty shocked me, and that is Miles Sanders of the Ooh. Philadelphia Eagles. So I'd love to get the how, kind of thoughts of you guys. How he went for like. 1200 yards and 10 touchdowns was you know like five yards per carry i i don't Se- i don't have yeah. stats there but he, he Seven, was, 17 games 259 attempts 1269 rush yards averaging 4.9 yards per carry 11 rushing touchdowns 11. uh and he, he did get two fumbles but they weren't as bad as cam Akers fumbles but you know it was still he, he he i mean look how far the eagles got Look what they achieved last year. Miles Sanders as their RB1, and he's number 30 on the list. is just weird for me. I believe, off the top of my head, I think he actually got the best contract out of any free agent running back this season. What he did, yeah. Yeah. Um, Miles Sanders is a good running back. Uh, I think he's been... Is it injury issues, maybe? I think he's missed some games, but uh, he's a good player. Well, I'll I'll read you I'll 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 read you exactly what Maurice uh, uh well MDJ I think or MJD whatever MJD he's just he's he's just he's not right he's he's a bad analyst and I'm sticking to my guns on that one same as I am about Cam Akers but what he said about Miles Sanders is Sanders should probably be higher on this list but to be honest I'm not entirely sure what this offense looks like with Frank Reich calling plays for Bryce Young but that's not his fault. Exactly. That's exactly. I mean, Sanders had career highs in all major rushing categories in 2022 with the Eagles. But prior to last year, he had never rushed for 900 yards in a season. He was never RB1 for any season. Hmm. I don't think he was anyway. I, I mean, when, you know, before last year, he was in and out and in and out. Okay, so I think that's really unfair. And I think, that, just like Andrew said, I think he was worth the, the good free agent deal he got. Definitely. So I, I think number 30 is a bit of a slap for, for Miles Sanders there. See, Maurice Jones-Drew just he says things. Um, it's a mercy of pundits. Do, do, you know what, do you know what it is? 
because he doesn't shout and bawl these things that we Skip Bayless or Colin Cowherd do. Do you know what I mean? Uh. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, look at my controversial thing. He actually sounds like he really believes what he's talking about, even though, <laughs> even though what he's saying is nonsensical. Do you remember last before last year's draft? He said there was going to be like six QBs taken in the top ten. I'm mm. like, no, there isn't. What, what, what planet are you on? He's he's not right. <laughs> he's, he's just, not, was it not the year before when Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis were? taken you know they they were picked uh, first and second round i think it was or, or malik willis might have gone in the third round something along those lines but he predicted that there was three or four quarterbacks going to go in the first round I, and it ended up just being kenny pickett well, i think he, i think he actually said it was in the top 10 top 10 like, that's what he said well, it was going to be like in the top 10 you're like no that's not gonna happen but i think because he just he says things sounds like he believes what he's talking about that people, it doesn't get the same attention as to see the likes of, you know, Skip Bayless and Colin Cowherd who just scream and shout and bawl utter tripe and garbage all the time. Um, but Maurice Jones basically has the same level of take, <laughs> but because he just says it in the way he's like, oh yeah, this is going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. Behave yourself. How can he, how, he's a former NFL player. How can he not evaluate anyone? And a good NFL player at that. He was, he was a good great player. player. He was a very good, yeah. He was an excellent player. Just a really bad evaluator. Just really, yeah, yeah. really bad. He evaluates players, running backs, like John Elway evaluates quarterbacks. <laughs> Just really bad. At that's, it. that's harsh. That's really harsh. It's, it's, not, it's not wrong, but it's, you know. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's just. It's not the only talking point, though, because I'm coming in at number 31. Mm hmm. It's the Buffalo Bills, James Cook. Now, I didn't think he was a starter for Buffalo. I uh, well, I, appa- apparently he is probably going to be because because Devin Singletary, yeah, well, uh, was RB one last year. James Cook is probably going to step up, and Naheem Hines is not going to be. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. But okay. It's it's Marie, It's 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 the man himself. That's uh, you know. That's created this art, this, and I'm using inverted uh, commas here, article uh, all about this. So, um, you know, he, he said he said that James Cook shows promise, but um, he's probably not going to lead the Bills up to the level that they need in the running game, which I would agree with. Mm. The the I mean, the problem is he doesn't he doesn't really say that. He just he makes the excuse that oh, Devin Singletary's departure is going to lead the Bills' running game to be non-existent. Okay. Well, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and exactly. see. Exactly. Just rub it in, though. Number 32, James Conner of the Arizona Cardinals. That does not surprise me at all. No. But he was basically their best offensive player last year, mm-hmm. in my humble opinion. And that, that's saying a lot. Um, because he, even even he says Conner was perhaps the most consistent part of the Cardinals' offense last season and posted a 1,000 scrimmage yards for the second consecutive year. And he's ranked number 32. I think from what I can gather from this article is he's taken the time to the running backs completely out of the equation and just gone, who's not going to be very good this year? The Cardinals, 32. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. That's, That's probably what exactly he's done. what it is. Yeah. 
But oh obviously, we know we know that the running backs are, especially at the top, it's highly debated all the time who's the top running back, who's the top five running back. So it will be no surprise to see that Christian McCaffrey comes in at number one. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, even sadly in my heart, I know that that is not far off if he's not the top. Now, second is Derek Henry. Again, no qualms about that whatsoever. Yeah, but you can you can that, swap Henry and McCaffrey oh, exactly. around number one and two, depending on how you like your running backs. I think exactly. But when I say that Saquon Barkley does not make top five, what do you think about that? I'm going to say he's gone with Dalvin Cook in that top five over in New York. No, no, he doesn't no. have Dalvin Cook or Saquon in the top five. Saquon is number. It comes in at number six. Uh, now, Josh, Josh Jacobs. Comes in at number five, yes. At number five? Mm. There, there is one glaringly obvious running back you have missed, though. I Taylor, I would expect to be there. Is number eight on the list. I, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Eight. Give us a top ten, Dave. Go on. Go for it. Come on. Right. Number three. Nick Chubb. Oh, of course. It's the Nick glaringly Chubb. obvious yeah, 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 one. Yeah, no, you, I should have seen missed. that Nick coming. Chubb. Yes, Big Chubb does come in. So, you know, he, he again, that's the top three. The top three is pretty much what people rank them as with Saquon Barkley around there as well. Now, number four surprised me. So the the kind of baby of Los Angeles, the running back for the Chargers in Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler. Comes in at number four. Now, I don't think he's up to the caliber of these guys. I think he's just the next tier down. That, that, that is my opinion. I don't think he's better than Saquon Barkley. I don't think he's better than Josh Jacobs. I don't think he's right up behind Nick Chubb. I think he's just below those guys. I would have the exact same top five, maybe slightly different order, but swap Eckler and Barkley. So I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I would, um, if I was a general manager and I was offered Saquon or Austin Eckler, I would take Saquon. And I'd probably take Dalvin Cook. I probably I would, would. And I'd probably take Jonathan Taylor. I would too. <laughs> Just saying, you know, it's it's difficult. You know that it's like you can, yeah. But I, I, I if pressed, I think I would. I, I don't think I think Eckler would be my top ten. Yeah, top ten. I think that's quite fair. But I, yeah. I, I couldn't put him above Saquon or Taylor or Dalvin Cook. I just can't do it. Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook's so underrated. My goodness, it really four is. straight thousand yard seasons, four straight Pro Bowls. I love watching. Do you think that the likes of Dalvin Cook are pricing themselves out of the right of the kind of right moves for them um, with their, with contract demands? I know of they they want what you know everyone seems to say the market value they want they want as much money as they possibly can, which is very understandable. You you only get one shot in the NFL. Well, but yeah. do you think that they are kind of jeopardizing? Well, I mean, Dalvin Cook's got his thing over in in New York now, so he's he's with the Jets. Um, it's difficult because you know, as we as we said the other week, there the average the average salary for kickers is higher than it is for running backs in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that, that's, it's, it's that's tough. That's one question. Speaking of, we're talking about how low all these these guys are getting paid, but can I just ask, is Bijan Robinson on that list? Obviously, he hasn't played. <laughs> You've just taken my next part out. <laughs> so yes, so obviously. The highest paid running back, technically, is Bijan Robinson of the the newly drafted Atlanta Falcons running back. Pops in 
at a respectable 21st on the list. I... Uh, he's uh, one ahead of a very questionable decision to put him as the starting uh, running back with the Detroit Lions, uh, Jameer Gibbs, who's at 22, uh, and uh, one behind uh, the Minnesota Vikings' new RB1 in Alexander Mattison. Right. I'm, I'm, now, I'm, not putting, I'm not putting Mattison above Miles Sanders. No, I, I, I'm, not I'm just not. It's... That, that's that's okay. ridiculous. Would you put uh, Madison three spots ahead of Green Bay's Aaron Jones? No, not even close, as far as I'm concerned. No, that's not. Uh, he's lost it. Man, he's just, he's lost it. He had it. <laughs> he never had it. He, he didn't have it. Yeah, he's never actually had a good take. So, yeah. Well, there is an interesting part though. Because I will be honest, I forgot about Davin Cook, so I went looking on his list. He thinks the RB1 of the New York Jets is going to be Brees Hall. He's not. And Brees Hall is ranked 14th on this list. So Dalvin Cook's not on the list? Dalvin Cook is not on the list. And though, and he's, he's got a paragraph under every player in his article, okay? Also, I'll read you what he's put under Brees Hall. The Jets' backfield is also crowded with the likes of Davin Cook joining Brees Hall, Michael Carter and Zonovan Knight, all still at the team. Of all those talents though, Brees Hall should get the bulk of the load as a big-time playmaker with the capability to take this offense, one that now is a four-time MVP, the Dark Knight, in tow to the next level. When healthy, and it, and despite last October's torn ACL, it appears he is, Hall is one of the most electric players at his position, apparently ahead of Darwin Cook, who is one of the best running backs, in my opinion, and easily top 10 in the league. And they think that Brees Hall's going to get the majority of the carries. That's not going to happen. I don't think, I don't see it. If no. Darwin's good, yeah, no chance. As long as Darwin's healthy, Cook's a better running back for me. But Brees Hall did look fantastic early doors last year. I mean, he did look good. Brees Hall looked good, but if you sign Dalvin Cook, four-time Pro Bowler, four-time, you know, you know, <laughs> 1,100 yards over four straight seasons, and then you sign him to a big-time big, big time contract, you're not going to start him? He honestly thinks Dalvin Cook isn't going to start week one. That's... If he doesn't, then the Jets are worse than the Colts. I, I mean, come on, that's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, but that that, that that was a gripe I had. Basically, it it was. I mean, the fact that the running back market is so screwed that Bijan Robinson comes in twenty first on a list like that. Which you know what? Because he's not had the chance to play in the NFL yet, I, I 100% can see why he's so far down the list, but he's the biggest paid. It's not his fault, uh, or, true, or even the Falcons' I mean, fault. Technically, it's, not, it's not their fault. I mean, he should be 32 because he's not played. Not played? We, we don't know what he looks like. Yeah, he, he, I, no, no offence to the man, and I'm sure he'll have a great career if he stays healthy. He could be hot garbage. He could be a fumbling machine in the back. We don't know because we've not seen him play. It's it's 
And I, I get people saying, you know, he was great in college. Yes, of course he was great in college. But there's been guys who were amazing in college, came out and were awful. Does anyone remember Monty Ball? <laughs> yeah. One of the yeah. best college running backs of all time. But like Thompson shattered wasn't. scoring records. Shattered yeah. them. Is I, I, He's not even in the league. I remember, was it, uh, I can't remember after, was it the Reggie Bush draft? Reggie Bush had yeah. number one, was going to be the greatest running back of all time. And he had a fine, a serviceable career, fine. but he wasn't the greatest of all time. No, all not even close. So we, we don't know. And I say, I hope, I hope I'm wrong and I hope he has a great career and does well and stays healthy and lasts for 10 years. I hope he does. But until he's played a game, I don't think you can rank him above Miles Sanders, I'm sorry, you just can't, it's, that's stupidity, it, it really, right, enough of Maurice Jones Street, the guy's an idiot. <laughs> Gentlemen, uh, I think we should move on to our final segment, because I'm getting tired. Um, <laughs> I'm not even lying. Uh, it is time for... Random Stats. Random, random Stats. stats. Um, why don't I go first for Random Stats? I'll go you first crack for Random Stats. I'll crack on. Yeah. It's, a, it's a nice, it's a nice... Short one. Uh, now, Trayvon Diggs, the cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys, in 2021 had 11 interceptions. Pretty good. That's a lot. That's it, is a lot. Good. It, it is a lot when you consider that that's actually the most interceptions that a player has had in a season since 1981. 1981 is the last time a player had 11 or more interceptions in a season. That was Everson Walls for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, now, that actually ranks him tied, uh, well, t- technically tied fourth um, all, all time. Above him, um, several players have had 12 interceptions in a season. Uh, the last player to actually have that was a Mike Reinfeld in 1979. Uh, we then move up to 13 in a season. Three players have done that. Uh, the last person being Lester Hayes of the Oakland Raiders in 1980. Of course, he was literally covered head to toe in stickum. So when the ball just hit him, it, he, he caught it. You know, it would hit him on the, on the back of his helmet and it was an interception. Um, but then there is only one man in history to have 14 interceptions in a season. It is, of course, the great all-time Hall of Famer, Night Train Lane for the Rams. Uh, that is still a record. And actually, the the uh, in 1980, when Lester Hayes had the, the 13, that's the only time any player has had uh, 12 or more uh, in the 80s. Since the 80s, I should say. And that was in 1980. So Trayvon Diggs' 11 interceptions was the first time in 40 years that a player had had 11 or more interceptions in a season. And that is my random stat. I think it puts into perspective why he got the big bucks mm. you know, on that new contract. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed. Quite incredible, I think, in, in a league that's so now pass-heavy that we're not seeing... DBs. I know, I know obviously there are a lot more DBs on the field, but just I'm surprised that it's been so long since there's been that many. Yeah, it it, it is because it, it seems like every year it gets more and more passes, more and more passes get thrown, more and more passes get thrown. You'd think that more interceptions would happen much more regularly, but they don't. They really don't. Last last year the lead league was six by like two two players. 
Yeah. When you think of the hundreds of thousands of passes getting thrown, and six was that led the NFL six interceptions last year. So yeah, it's 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 kind of funny mm-hmm. that. But fourteen interceptions for a night train lane in nineteen fifty two. Legend. Uh, uh, yes, an absolute legend. And uh, it just goes to show, and, and I think that was in 12 games that they played that year. I'll need to double check that, actually. Uh, but I think it was 12, 14 interceptions in 12 games for Dick Nitrine Lane. Pretty, pretty good, uh, good ball skills there. As you do. So, but, uh, would, you like, would you like mine next? I think uh, absolutely. Uh, mine's, short and, mine's pretty short and sweet, but it's a nice little story. So cast your mind back, Nielsa. To when you're about, say, in, in your 30s. That's to quite a ni- while ago, 90, actually. Yeah, it's... It, well, well, I... I, what I heard you were going to say 19 something. It's not that long ago, you cheeky. <laughs> right. Okay, so uh, okay, so just pretend I didn't say the first part. All then. right. Well, cast your minds back to 1960. <laughs> now, cheeky bugger. <laughs> I'll have to beat that out. No. No, you don't. Uh, no. That was the... That was a year that the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys first faced off against each other uh, at Lambeau Field. Okay. Now, between 1960 and 2008, at Lambeau Field, there were 10 times that they played each other. And in 2008, the Cowboys recorded their first victory over the Packers at Lambeau Field. It took 48 years for America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, to go to Lambeau Field and finally beat the Green Bay Packers. And obviously since then, they have been back uh, once more. But it's an argument that the Cowboys may have their slight bogey team as the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. But there again, thinking about it, a lot of teams have, have failed to win at Lambeau Field. Maybe not quite to the extent the Cowboys have, but just a little random fact about it as well. Uh, that was in week three of Aaron Rodgers' first season as the Green Bay starter. And that is by random stat. Short and sweet, but the Cowboys suck at Lambeau Field. <laughs> Did you say that they've met once since 2008? No, they won once. Also, they won once, yeah. Because I, 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 The yeah. one I always remember is the Des Bryant game. The catch. Yes. That wasn't yes. a catch. Yeah. But it was absolutely a catch. It was a catch. That was a catch. Yeah, it was. I don't care what Tim what says. It was a catch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> See, Tim was like, he's like, of course it was a catch. I'm a Cowboys fan. No, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, nice nice one day. 48 years to record your first win at Lambo. Wow. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Andrew, Mr. McCaskill, before you leave us, what is your random stat? Okay, it, every game, it, it's, it's a bit less of a story. It'll be a bit more interactive this time, but uh, something I find quite interesting. And we've actually talked a wee bit about it already. Um, my, uh, I kind of start off with the 1983 draft. So one of the best first rounds of all time that's up there, and part of that was because there were so many quarterbacks taken. Ed and Dick, Eric Dickerson was taken number two, but there were six quarterbacks taken, five of which had pretty good careers. Um, care to guess? I think you've we obviously named a couple already today, but... That was the John Elway, John Elway, and, uh, Dan Marino, Marino, Jim Kelly, Jim Kelly, yeah, Ken O'Brien. Ken O'Brien was drafted in nineteen eighty-three. Ken O'Brien, Steady German, went to two Pro Bowls. Yep, 
Yeah. Also, there's Tony Eason, who ended up starting Super Bowl twenty for the, for the Patriots, yes. Went 0-6, uh, zero, zero uh, completions on six attempts uh, as they lost to the Bears. Not good. Uh, in between Hall of Famer John Elway and Hall of Famer Jim Kelly, uh, Kansas City selected Todd Blackledge, number seven overall. In 15 of 29 games he started, he backed up Bill Kenny for most of his Kansas City career. His final winning start for Kansas City was on the 13th of September 1987. It was a 2013 win over the Chargers. He completed 6 of 15 passes for 79 yards and interception and was sacked four times. Now, if I was to ask you, just all-time, not, not even all-time Kansas City careers, but present company except if we, if we ignore the current roster, some of the best quarterbacks to have ever played in Kansas. Um, so, best quarterback to play in Kansas City. Uh, Joe Montana was there briefly. Joe Montana, uh, yeah. Um, Steve DeBerg had a solid career in Kansas mm-hmm. City. He was a good player. Um, Alex Smith. Alex Smith, Smith played really well yeah, in Kansas City. Um, yeah. um, Chad Henney. <laughs> I do like um, Steve, Steve Bono, another ex 49er. Yep. Played with Kansas City. Tia, Kansas, Elvis yeah. Garback, who I think yep. was another ex 49er, played in Kansas City. Yep. I'm um, yep. now struggling to think of any others. Another couple I had was um, Len Dawson, oh, who of course, of was mad in the 70s. He was drafted by the Steelers, traded to the Browns. The Browns cut him. I joined Kansas City and, and had a Hall of Fame career. And Trent Green. Trent Green, former Ram. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was actually drafted by the Chargers. So what you'll notice there, with all the names we said, is they played with somebody else and came to the Chiefs. So in 2017... Alex Smith and the Chiefs had sort of a playoff spot. And the five regular season game, Patrick Mahomes started his first career game. Upending Paxton Lynch and the Denver Broncos, 2017. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, in December 2017, Mahomes became the first quarterback drafted by Kansas City to lead the Chiefs to victory since Todd Blackledge in September 1987. That is my random stat. Fantastic. I don't like yeah. it, but it's fantastic. Uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, Andrew. Don't you worry. <laughs> I will say, just as an addendum, um, one man did have a chance to do that before Mahomes, and that was Brody Croyle. He was Brody drafted the third Croyle. round in 2006. Wow. Uh, he didn't play at all in 06. He played six games in 2007 as a starter. Kansas City went 0 6. Then started the season in 08 as a starter. He got injured in the first game against New England. They lost. Came back week 7 from injury. Injured his knee early in the game. They lost to the Titans. Didn't return until... Uh, he didn't return again in 2008. Uh, Matt Cassell came in. He got injured in the preseason. Royals started the opener. Lost to the Ravens. And then his final start in Kansas City came the next year when Cassell again missed a game due to an appendectomy. As a shutout loss to San Diego, so he had ten chances as a as a Kansas City draftee to win a game for Kansas City, and he lost all ten. Oh, that's that's rough. That's rough. That's he's never won an NFL game. He's never started and won an NFL game in his career. Oh, Brody Croyle. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. 
10 chances. So Mahomes was first to do it in 2017 instead. That's a pretty wonderful stat, Andrew. Thank you very much for that. So before we before we finish off, guys, uh, was there anything else you want to do, add before we sign off for the night? I, I just like to say I, I thoroughly enjoyed our show. I, and we've gone from hemorrhoid cream to Cam Akers to Jim Irsay. So I, it's we, we've covered a lot of bases, uh, no pun intended there. We, but, uh, you know, it's, it's been a really good show. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. We we have we've we've covered a lot considering there was no real news. It's been pretty good. It's been thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah. Um, Dave, thank you very much for coming along as always. Pleasure as always. Uh, Andrew, thank you for coming back. We're going to need to get you on again during the season. Uh, in fact, we might actually have a we uh, a special um, special edition of the Winifel show just before kickoff proper, and uh, we'll try and do that one because obviously this is the final the the final week we've got preseason. Uh, we've got a week off, and then we've got the the regular season kicking off. So we might even uh, try and get you back on for that for a for a wee spot, if you don't mind, Andrew. Absolutely, always happy to help out. And uh, thank you to everyone listening at home. You can catch uh, us on Twitter at the WinFL Show. I keep saying Twitter X at the WinFL Show. You can also find myself, Dave, Andrew. You can find Jake. You can find Tim. You can find just about everybody on there. Uh, we're all kicking around somewhere um but thank you to everyone for listening and we will catch you on next week's edition of the winfl show